Live the Bible, a Biblicist podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for joining in for another episode of Live the Bible. Uh, today we have special guest Dustin Breland, um, who is a, a church planter in Oregon. Um, and I'm excited to talk about the subject of online pastors or the dangers of church online, pastors online, uh, which is kind of funny in in context of, of having this conversation, um, a lot of people are quarantined and not able to have physical gatherings, um, and uh, that uh, wasn't exactly what I was thinking of when have, having this conversation, but uh, but here we are with that. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, Dustin. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, well, to kick things off... Um, you know, I'm just going to ask this. You know, we, li- we live in a time where we have an overabundance of information on the Internet, um, including a lot of Christian content. Um, what are some positives of having so many Bible teachers, commentators, churches, and pastors online? Man, I, I feel like when you look at all that is available, the word that kind of jumps out at me is accessibility. Uh I know we're about the same age. So you think back when we were kids in like the 90s, um, the biggest technological um, advancement was having like a cassette ministry, right? <laughs> so you, you could you could put in your little cassettes. And I think all the preachers around had some kind of cassette ministry where they were taking their sermon and put it on cassettes and selling them. Um, but really, the only time you ever heard any kind of teaching or preaching was when you went to a service, you know, whether that was just on a Sunday or throughout the week. And now you can literally with a couple clicks on your phone, you can listen to anybody anywhere almost. And it's just kind of crazy how much is accessible and not even just like preaching and teaching, but, you look at what's available for studying or commentators. Yeah. Like I remember back in the day having to pull out that massive Webster's dictionary. Right. Okay. <laughs> and um, we took Greek together. So uh, pulling out that lexicon <laughs> and having to look all that up yourself. And now if you've got like a software like Logos, mm-hmm. you can pull that up instantly. And, and so for me, I think a positive in having so much content is the accessibility because when you have more access, it's going to provide more opportunity. So for instance, someone in Canada can be online listening to someone preach the gospel from Florida. Mm-hmm. Like who would have ever thought that would have been the case when we were growing up or right. You got a question about the Bible and you can pull up hundreds of commentaries and listen to thousands of sermons on the Internet on the topic. Yeah. Um, So just think of all like the opportunity that exists because everything is online. Right. People that people that can't get out of their homes, maybe they're physically disabled, Mm -hmm. like they can't literally physically like go to a service, 
but they can get online and they can be part of a service. Yeah. So I think that's huge. The opportunity for the, the gospel to go out, um, the resources that are at hand now, you don't have to be a Greek scholar. You can get a software that will tell you exactly what the word means in Greek and you don't have to study. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just so many opportunities that abound because of just the access that we have. No, that's, that's really true. I, and like you said, there's like so many different avenues of that, right? Whether it's right. personal study or whether it's church online um, um, or, or multiplying of, of someone's ministry. Um, it's, it's really interesting because uh, a couple of thoughts came to my mind of, you know, for me, sometimes when I'm studying in a, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder what so-and-so said about this. Right. And, and all I have to do is type in their name and the subject and see if they've ever talked about it. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thought that we can do that. Um, yeah. because you don't have to have the connection. You don't have to know somebody who knows somebody. You don't have to write them a letter or an email. You don't have to drive. You don't have to drive like three states over to go and attend one of their services and hope that you can talk to them. Right. It's like, oh, you mean I can just already know what you said about that or what you think about this, right. um, or what your ministry looks like. Um, it's it's really crazy. But the other thing that came in mind is I this literally just happened. I was on the converse. I was on a phone call with my brother. And we were talking about a, a specific passage um, that he was kind of working through, um, and he was asking me some of my asking me some of my thoughts on it. And I said, "Well, you know, I'm not sure if all those words are would be separate or together in the Greek versus the English. So let me look that up really quick." <laughs> so, so I literally put them on speaker. I'm outside. I'm about to like do something with my yard. I'm outside and I type in, you know, blueletterbible.com or org, whatever it's called, and type in the verse and look at the Greek and go, oh, in the English, it's four words. In the Greek, it's only two words. And then we went on with a conversation and that seems like it's irrelevant, but I promise it was <laughs> that we of it was relevant, but it's just crazy that within seconds I could look up the Greek and come to some conclusions really rapidly um, versus like you said, pulling out your, your lexicon and like doing this deep word study, which by the way, I don't think it necessarily negates that altogether. Um, no. but the, but the, but the tool, there's the positive of those, those tools before I move on. Is there anything else you want to say about positivity on that? Or I think you covered, I think pretty um, much everything on that. Or I think, I think something that just kind of jumped in my head and it's kind of on the side some, but to think because we do live in this age with all of this technological advancement, we are going to be more responsible for things that our grandparents and even our parents would never have dreamed of. Mm. God has given us all this opportunity to do things online, to have an online presence, to uh, put content out. God has given us this ability and it's kind of a scary thought that we have the ability to proclaim the gospel online to pretty much the whole world 
Yeah. Which if you think like going back all the way back to uh, the early church, the apostles would have killed to have been able to broadcast a message to the whole world. Yeah. And we have it. Yeah. And the question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we doing something with it? Right. So in, a, in, in the day and age that we live in with the debate of how good is online, and I'm sure we'll get into that, there still needs to be some accountability to what we are going to do positively online. And one day right. we're going to have to answer to God for it. And it's yeah. just kind of a, um, just an interesting thought of sometimes we can tend to take it for granted, but even looking 30 years ago, the stuff that we can do now was so beyond what anybody could have imagined. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of something that just popped in my head as we were yeah. talking. That's really good. I, I, to sum that thought right there up, I'd say there's there's this increased opportunity, but along with it is an increased accountability. Yes. Um, and that's twofold. It's like the accountability to take advantage of the opportunity um, to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth, but secondly, accountable to what we're saying online. Um, and so that's, exactly. I, I think that's really important. Um, but at the same time, you know, before people had, um, online pastors, I guess people had TV pastors, people still do. Um, before, before that radio pastors, you know, I, I, I can imagine people, you know, I'm sick today. I'm just going to listen to so-and-so on the radio. You know, I, I I'm sure exactly. that happened. And, um, Charles Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but with social media platforms for pastors, churches, the amount of options for people has grown immensely. Um, and we've talked about some of the positives of that. But don't you think there's also a danger of people having so many options? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the first thing is because there's so many options, you can find somebody that will tell you exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. (laughs) You can can rifle through the many, many pastors that are out there and you can pick what you want to hear. If you want to feel really good about yourself, you can find somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to avoid all of the harder truths that are in the Bible, if you don't want to feel any kind of conviction, you can find somebody who will talk, um, all positive. Uh, you can always find voices that are going to agree with you. Yeah. And I feel like the reason that that's the most dangerous thing is that when you go online and you find people that you want to hear, you are taking God completely out of the equation. If you listen to a pastor who is preaching a sermon and you never disagree, you never feel uncomfortable, you never feel conviction, you never have this feeling that you need to repent of something, you're not really hearing from God. You're just hearing yourself (laughs) because you have tailored all of the voices around you to match what you think. Mm -hmm. And if all you ever hear is what you want, it's not God's voice. It's yours. Yeah. So I think it's dangerous because you can, you can find that anywhere. 
And it kind of goes back to what you were saying that as content creators, you have to be careful what you put out there because not only you are accountable, but people are listening. Right. And so I think that's just super dangerous. If you are not careful, you can tailor your online uh, experience with different pastors and ministries to match exactly what you want. Right. No. And, and what's great about this is, I mean, and we'll, um, and um, remind me at the end, I'll, I want people to know about your, your, um, your, your blog that you have, but like as content creators online and as, you know, as Bible teachers and as believers, I, for, I, I always talk about here on the Biblicist podcast and on live the Bible. I want people to know that I'm not trying to get people to be like me. I'm not trying to get people to conform to, to whatever. No, like I just want to point people to scripture and I could be wrong sometimes. So it's like, you know, I want people to know I'm accountable to, to, to you. And so if I'm wrong, please point that out to me, um, on that. And so that accountability is important. So it's, it, as we're talking about it, like, I want to make sure people know that we're not removing ourselves from that equation. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, look out for the dangerous people, but we're okay. Um, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, because everyone can have, everyone can be flawed. Everyone can make, make errors. And so, and we're all kind of going together on that. Even getting away from like what we would deem like heresy that we can kind of see online. We all have a natural, like bent towards some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it's something that we have studied or it's something we've grown up a certain way. And so we kind of we all read the Bible through specific lenses. And as much as we would like to come to the Bible with like unfiltered lenses, it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. Um, and so there is that danger, even, even if you do stand for what you would claim to be truth, you still can have biases and tendencies towards certain things uh, that may not be helpful or accurate. And so even though you wouldn't be preaching heresy, um, it could turn out that you uh, are an error and yeah. it, you're not, you're not uh, safe from that. <laughs> it's very right. possible. Right. Yeah, man. No, that's really good. I, I, I think what happens is, and not even just with Christianity or, or church, is we live in a society today that just gets to pick from a hybrid of different options and chooses to believe what they want to believe. And I think you and I kind of talked about that the other day. It's like, you know, if I see an article or watch a video and I agree with it, then that one's correct. But if I disagree with it, then that one's the wrong one. Right. It's it's almost, it's almost like you have arrived. You are the final authority on what is right and what is not. And, When that happens, you're never going to change. You're never going to become more like Jesus. You're never going to be transformed because basically in your world, you've arrived. Yeah. Yeah. You're never, you're never met with opposition from God saying, Hey, uh, this is wrong. Yeah. So, so my encouragement would be to people who, you know, um, I'm not sure what, situation might be, but you depend heavily on a lot of online content, be sure that you're filtering that through the truth of God's word and not how it makes you feel. 
Right. Um, it, exactly. You know, this made me feel good. It made me feel inspired. You know, the, the, the person was a really great speaker or I liked, you know, they were refreshing and all that, which in and of themselves, those things aren't wrong, but that's, that's the wrong thing to be looking for. The question is, what is the, is the content correct? Is this filtered through biblical truth? And so um, what I tend to do is if, I, if it's someone I'm not familiar with, I, I, I kind of do some more research. Like, you know, you know what's, what church are they from? What's that church's doctrinal statement? You know, who vouches for this person? Like, these are things that you can check. Um, if you hear something you think might be good, take the time to do do some research to make sure this person isn't a heretic or something like it's um once again that information's online too <laughs> you can yeah, find that out sure too is. so another another thing i think i should point out here is another danger even if you find some good voices online i think something that's very dangerous is you'll begin to draw from the spiritual lives of the pastors or commentators that you're following Hmm. and your walk with Christ becomes non-existent. I mean, you can listen to 10 sermons in a week, but you'll never open up your Bible and read or you won't pray or spend time with God, but you'll listen to sermons. And the image that I kind of get, um, I don't know if you've ever physically watched this. I have. It's kind of gross, but uh, mama birds feeding their babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite I mean, <laughs> the, mama, the mama goes out and gets the food and brings it back and shoves it in the baby's mouth. And they're getting nourishment, but mm. the, the baby birds aren't meant to stay in the nest forever. Right. They're not like grown adults. And mama bird is still going out and getting worms and bringing back. Right. And I feel like if we're not careful, we'll rely upon online pastors and it doesn't even stay with online pastors. You can do that with in-person pastor. Absolutely. Um, You, you will rely upon their spiritual walk for your sustenance. And I don't really have any studies uh, to prove this, I can just speak from it personally. And I think we've talked about this before. I think so. I have heard thousands upon thousands of sermons in my lifetime. You think of all the revival services and you name it. I, yeah. I mean, we've, we've heard a ton of sermons. And right now, I don't think I could name you three <laughs> in the thousands that I've heard that have changed my life forever. Yeah. But in the past year, I could name you three or four truths that have just jumped out at me that has changed my life. Wow. Because of my personal walk with God and what I've been reading and what I've been studying and and what God is showing me. And you're like, why is that? Why why is it that I can hear all of these thousands and thousands of sermons and not even be able to point to three or four that have changed me. But in the past year, I've had three or four things that have just jumped out. And I'm reminded of a verse that says, taste and see that Mm. the Lord is good. It doesn't say let other people tell you how good he is. It's something that you have to experience for yourself. Yeah. We have to taste and see that the Lord is good. And we can't do that 
if all we do is rely upon our pastors and other people to tell us how good he is, we have to experience that for ourselves. Yeah. Oh man. I'm glad you said that because that's, that's really important. And either way, whether that's you just expect the services you go to, to be your walk with God, or, or let's say, you know, you're, you're, you're at services on Sunday, or maybe once again, I understand context is different depending on where you're at right now. Um, some services, you know, uh, are not be able to meet, to meet together right now, but let's say whatever your regular gathering is on Sunday, whether it's online or in person, but then the rest of your week, instead of having an actual time in God's word and, and seeking out and seeking him and um, instead you just throw on, you know, your favorite podcast pastor. Right. And that's, that's your food for the day. It's your spiritual food for the day. And once again, I'm all in favor of listening to content online. Like I don't want to misunderstand right. that, but it has to do if that becomes your supposed substance. I, I, um, someone put it this way, not in regards to like preaching, um, a, a pastor friend of, of mine, um, said that, uh, he, he was afraid that his church was becoming too, were becoming k lovey Christians. Um, and, uh, I'll do respect there, Caleb. Um, the concern, the concern that he had is that people weren't actually, didn't know their Bibles. They weren't reading their Bibles. They were just going to church on Sunday and listening to Christian music in their cars and the radio. And they were basing everything they believed on through the week based on the songs they listened to. Which is a scary thought with all the shallow songs that are out there. Exactly. And so because shallow music breeds shallow theology. And so you had a, a very, very weak Christians. And so for him, it challenged him like, man, I need to help my people get into their Bibles for themselves and, and really grow. Um, and instead of people telling me, I heard this great song on the radio, it's like, pastor, I read this incredible passage today. You know, like there's a night and day difference with that. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, biblical literacy is a huge issue in the church. Yeah. People just aren't reading. They're not, they're not studying. They're not getting into it them for themselves. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, you look at how society is pretty much everything is done for you. Mm -hmm. Like if you want a meal, you just push a couple buttons on your phone. And when you <laughs> arrive, it'll be brought out to you. You don't yeah. even have to go in. Um, it's just such a fast paced uh, what can you do for me? Um, a very easygoing kind of lifestyle. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it kind of breeds that, I think. Yeah. I um, I mean, I can't remember. I, I've had a thought for a while of, of someone needs to write a book about, you know, and it could be in many places, but I think of American Christianity. I think of like fast food. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I want it fast. I want it. Uh, I want it cheap, um, and I don't want it to be disappointed in any way. And, and I want it now. And I want it now. It's like, like you know, it's just like I. I think that that's definitely just continued to grow in our culture. Of like you said, you can just go on an app, and then food's at your door, um, or you know, Amazon Prime. You can get what you want in two yeah. days, um, and the. Exactly. And we, we think we can do that spiritually. No. 
is I'm just going to I'm going to subscribe to, to I'm going to subscribe to the Biblicist podcast and I'm going to be amazing from here on out because I listen every Monday and every Thursday. Now you can still listen every Monday and Thursday, but you're probably not going to be amazing for the record. <laughs> but it is it is funny to to see well, funny is probably not the right word, but how people they I don't know if it's boredom or um or what it is exactly, but people tend to get impatient mm-hmm. with the sanctification process and the studying process. And this is a slow, this is a slow climb. It's not a, you read the Bible for a couple of weeks and yeah. everything's different. It doesn't work like that. Right. It is a lifetime. Yeah. And people aren't willing to put in the time and the work. They don't see the value in it, yeah. uh, which is kind of scary. Um, yeah. But it's just kind of where we're at. And so if you're not putting in the time and you're just relying on what someone says online, there's no telling what you'll believe in a few years. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, and I've learned, I've, I'm learning that more and more the older that I get. Um, is especially I should say like the longer that I've been a Christian, it's like, oh man, this is quite the process. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. I thought, uh, probably seven, eight years ago, just out of college, I thought, man, I kind of got this. (laughs) It's so, dude, it's so embarrassing. Like I, like I remember sitting back and like, man, I think I've just about got this thing figured out. And like, it's like, oh, how arrogant, right? It's like, I, you know, it's, it, it, nothing could have been further from the truth. It's like peeling an onion, man. We just got past the first layer. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, if we can, let's talk about kind of another concern with, with online passes, online church. Um, is that if someone's just a part of an online community, right? That's, they never intend on being around people in person. I'm just going to be online. Um, you know, once again, or or TV or whatever. Um, and they never meet with anyone in person. They they just watch the services online. Uh, they maybe interact in the comment section once in a while, hopefully nice things. Um, is it wrong or dangerous to have an online church or online pastor only and not have an in-person spiritual community and in-person leadership? That's a really good question, man. Um, <laughs> it's, because... tough. it's tough also in context of what's going on in, in the world right now. <laughs> right. It is. And uh, before COVID hit, there was, I mean, that's still there, but there's this massive debate on is online something we should count or be doing or not? And so this kind of gets to that a little bit. Um, so I think what I would say to, you know, I, I would set aside those who are physically unable to go anywhere because mm-hmm. I think 
that is a real possibility. But for the average person, um, online, it's not wrong to start there, but I think it's dangerous to finish there. Mm. So I think if you look at how even us personally, mm-hmm. we usually tend to check things out before we go somewhere online, right? Absolutely. If if you want to go to a restaurant, you look up their menu, you look up reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we moved out here to Oregon, you know, we were looking at reviews for apartment complexes. We yep. like just going through the list, right? So I don't think it's wrong for people to start somewhere online because I, I really do think that is probably the front door for churches nowadays in general. People are going to check you out online before they ever come. But I think it's dangerous if that's all it ever is. Hmm. Because from what I have noticed uh, and from what I have read, online only tends tends not in all cases but it tends to lead to disengagement rather than engagement you pretty much hop online you listen to the sermon and then there's really no further action needed on your part which is the total opposite of what it means to be the church <laughs> i mean right. It's not being a part of a service is not being the church. And I think of just some examples, all the one another's that God God calls us to in the Bible. Like, how are you going to bear someone's burden if all you do is watch a service online? Right. (laughs) How are you going to love someone well if all you're doing is sitting on your couch at home? Like it. It's not possible. So if online only is where you're at, the chances that you are engaged is very small. Right. And even even another thing, the gifts that God has given you, you know, if you are following Jesus, if you are born again Christian, the Holy Spirit has given you at least one gift. And that gift is meant to edify the body. Yeah. How are you going to do that at your house (laughs) by yourself? You know what I mean? Like you're going to have a lot of limitations on what you can do. Right there. If all you do is watch a service online and occasionally comment, there is no engagement. There is no being the church. And so it's, to me, it's almost an oxymoron to say you're part of a church, but you're really not engaged. Right. So, I mean, for me, I think it would be wrong in the long run and dangerous for you personally. God, God did not set all this up so you could live in isolation. Right. We need each other. We need community. We need one another. We were designed that way. Yeah. We were meant to be that way. I think you look right now how everything is in COVID. Everybody is itching to get out. And I know I can speak for us here in Oregon. Yeah. We're still in lockdown pretty much. <laughs> and we can't go anywhere. 
And I can't see anybody's face anymore. Everybody right. has masks on. Right. Um, and as an introvert, it's taken a couple of months. It's been a fun couple of months to just be inside and not have to worry about anything. But even now, I find this longing to be with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it has, this crisis has revealed how much we need one another. Yeah. And so if all you have is online, you're missing out. Yeah. You don't have community. Yeah. What do you think? It's interesting. Uh, uh, there's so many things that come to mind because like you said, even in light of COVID for, for, for where we're at here in Iowa, I mean, there was a couple of months of online only services. Um, and, and we were trying to still gather our small groups in like a virtual way. So like through, um, Facebook messenger or zoom or different ways like that. And which, which was a, it was really great to see people that way, but like it was completely different. Um, and, and we'd pray together, which is which is great. But the, I think I have several thoughts. One of those being like before all this happened, I would I had been researching things about online services, <laughs> um, and what that looks like. I mean, there's some pastors that encourage people to be virtual members, like from other states and stuff, and other cities. And it's like, um, and I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. I just think that it limits how how the church is supposed to function. But that, that aside, I think the concern of being an online only church attender or church member, whatever is there's opportunities for you to create quite the facade. Yeah. You can make it seem virtually that everything's okay. Just like the pictures that we post on social media. You're right. Every, life's always happy. Right. You know, um, your family always looks perfect in those great photos. Uh, <laughs> and so right. you can create this facade. Well, when people see you in person and face to face, they can more tell how you're doing, especially when you see each other on a regular basis. Right. Um, and and I think so that, that's kind of one thought there. But then another thought is. The first thing that you said was, right, excluding those that physically can't gather. Yeah. Um, which would include those who have concerns of health risks that can't get out right now either. Right. Those that can gather and those that can be the hands and feet of Jesus and encourage one another and, and, and be with people in person, you owe it to those who can't. Because I guarantee you those that can't are desperately wish they could do what you can do. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. like it's, it's like, does that make sense? Like what I'm, my thought yeah, with that, it's like, oh my goodness. Like think about the person who literally they, they are stuck at home and, but you have the ability to get out and, 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 and be the church. But, um, you know, and this person can't be and wishes they could be you. And like that's just, man, like that's, and that thought hadn't crossed my mind until you brought that up of like in, at the very beginning of that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great point, man. Because you're right; those people 
wish they could be you. They yeah. wish they didn't have this um, health complications. Like I think of several people in my family who uh, I was just talking uh, to my mom earlier today. And um, one of my family members is like on dialysis a couple of times a week. There is no way they're getting out. And they would wish that they could be in the physical health um, that I am. And we do owe it to not only God, but to those people to no, not, not live in fear. Obviously you take the precautions that you need to, but we, we need to, if we are able to, we need to gather, we need to be the church. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, cause those people can't No, that's a great point. Um, and I don't even know if I thought of it in that way as I brought it up, but yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that? Like, I, once again, I know we that one's like that one's somewhat of a trick question because I know there's a lot that can go into that. There's a lot of different things to discuss through that. Semantics. And- right. You know, I, I one of the things that I read was like, "Hey, online church is great as long as you're pointing people." to eventually gather in person and, and do things in person. Like that's the, that would be more of the goal is to gather together physically versus just online. Um, but the second part of that, and I think you talked into this really well, was that church is a lot more than just the Sunday gathering. Correct. <laughs> and so even, even if your online service I'm going to be kind of sarcastic here. You have a totally VR experience. Okay. It's like you're there. Um, You can even talk to people through your headsets. Um, Okay. Once again, sarcastic there. Um, Even then, that's, if you're not being the church in the community that you're called to do, like it's, it's, you know, and once again, like the circumstances we're in, make it a little bit different of a conversation in some cases we're making do with the best that we we can do right now Uh, and that's kind of why i was saying earlier that online only tends to lead to disengagement because it i think it's (laughs) i think you still miss out but if you were to watch online and still participate in things throughout the week that would be a totally different conversation, I think. Right. Right. If we're talking, if we're talking strictly the Sunday gathering only, um, it, I don't know. It, those, those, those are two different things to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Being a church is not just showing up on Sunday. Um, Absolutely. If, if it was just about the meeting, then man, the more the barrier, if we can get like quadruple the amount online, go for it. But Church is much more than how many people view your video online on a Sunday. Um, well, let me ask you this. Um, and for the sake of this question and, and conversation, let's assume that things are more normal than they are right at the moment. <laughs> you, there's there's no restrictions. There's no you know pandemic concerns. Um, and, uh, you're, you're attending, uh, services, you're active in your church, you're active in the community, but <laughs> you realize that, um, there's, there's, there's pastors online that you think, 
um, they're just way more cooler than your pastor <laughs> or pastors. All right. So it's like, you know, I really love my church. My pastor's just not that great of a, of a speaker. Um, so I'm just going to subsidize that by listening to different pastors online. Um, and so Sundays, I'm just going to check out from whatever the pastors are preaching on Sundays. Um, because I'm going to listen to somebody else, even though I love my church. <laughs> that, I feel like that happens way more uh, than it should. I meant, well, I meant to say this. I meant to preface it by saying this is um, I've kind of been there before. <laughs> right. So I want to have like. I think, told, we, I think we all have. Total uh, honesty. I mean, I've been in situations where like the preaching on Sunday was so bad that I had to listen to someone else um, right. to feel like I actually heard a message. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I think I think the first the first thing that I would do if I was talking to someone is ask them what the what they mean by like bad preaching or what they mean by it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Are we talking they didn't um, accurately uh, proclaim the gospel? Was it like heresy? Was it right. watered down? Or was it just not good stylistically? Right. So... If we're talking like heresy, watered down, to me, that's a totally different conversation. Like if you're in that situation, um, that's a, if it, if maybe it happened for the first time, you're like, I don't think that's right. Uh, Like for me, you're, you're going to that pastor and you're like, Hey, I read this in scripture. Why are you, why are you saying this way? And maybe it was, uh, maybe he misspoke. Uh, maybe maybe it was a mistake or a misunderstanding. Yes. Um, but if that was to continue, that's a situation where I would be advising someone to find um, find a church they can be a part of where yep. the gospel is proclaimed. Right. Let me insert right there. I'm going to look right at the camera and say this: If you have, if you're going to a church and your pastor or pastors is they're preaching stuff that is not doctrinal or it seems that they're preaching stuff. Please ask them about it. Yes. Don't like, don't just be like, Oh, that's really not my cup of tea, but I'll deal with it. No, please ask them about it. And if they really are being unbiblical on something, then pursue a different church body. Don't just put up with it and then watch other sermons instead online to justify you being there. Um, you know, you need to address that. And then if it's not fixed then you move on from that anyway, sorry, I just, right. I want that to be clear. Like, no. please, please don't put that oh, off. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's important to be clear on that. Cause I think, uh, too many times, um, <laughs> it's so funny that we're saying this now. Um, I'm not sure when this will be, uh, released, but we just recently had the whole thing with Todd White come out. Yeah. Um, and I think our attitude too often is when someone is preaching something that's unbiblical, it's either a, we mark them with a big red X and we walk away. Yep. Um, or we just sit there and we just take it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think a first step should always be towards that individual and saying, Hey, 
I just don't know if that's accurate. And then show them in scripture where, where you feel like they have erred. And if they are um, interested at all in following Jesus, they're going to take that criticism, maybe not well in the beginning, right. but they're going to hear you and they're going to be willing to change. If they're just a wolf in sheep's clothing, they're just going to continue. But I think the first step should always be to um, approach that individual and give them uh, the chance to repent and to change uh, if they're what they're preaching is unbiblical. And I just don't see that a lot. Yeah. Um, so that that is a totally different conversation. Right. Um, but if you're talking to someone and it's more of a well, I just enjoy listening to this person more. Um, like instead of the pastor uh, that they're a part of a church, they're going to just turn on somebody like Matt Chandler. Um, I would ask them a couple of things. One, does the pastor have the gift of teaching that's leading the church? Does the one who is speaking, does he have the gift of teaching? Can he accurately and effectively teach the word more cases than not that's going to be true you know there's probably occasionally a church that some guy is just he does not have the gift but he's trying if you know what i mean (laughs) and i think i think we have been there but i think in general a pastor that's one of the qualifications of an elder right Mm -hmm. being apt to teach so they're going to have that ability. And so if that is the case, the second question I would have is, why are you looking to them for something you are lacking? Because hmm. most of the time when people are saying something like that, they're talking about something they are missing out on. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's almost like, well, I'm not being fed by this pastor. I'm not getting the spiritual nutrition that I need from him. And my question back would be, since when is it the pastor's job to feed you? Mm. He's supposed to lead you to the food. He's not the one who's supposed to feed you. I feel like when people are saying he's just not as good they are not being entertained. Ah. <laughs> are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's, it's, it seems to be either a question of entertainment or a question of um, being fed spiritually. Yeah. And they actually, I feel like, go hand in hand. Um, because let's just... I'll just say I'll just say this. Let's let's be honest. A lot of times we tend to idolize style over truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. We can fall in love with a particular style or a particular voice so much so that we can't hear truth through any other medium. Mm-hmm. And so, when you elevate style over truth. In a way, you are elevating entertainment over truth (laughs) because you just like the way someone packages a sermon differently than somebody else. I I find it interesting because I think in my own life is 
there's certain people I like to listen to because of how they say it. Yes. And but there's other people I listen to that aren't as fun to listen to, but their content is so good. I can keep listening right. to it for hours. Where right. and so but it is interesting that I think in my own mind I do categorize people from like, you know, I listen to this pastor because I think he's really entertaining in how he brings this across. But I, I right. but I listen to this guy over here because his content's really great. He might sound monotone. But he's doing a really good job explaining this theology, and so there's no substitute for that. And and so I can, but we can recognize the difference, right? And I think, I mean, you look at the qualifications; it just says apt to teach. It doesn't say that uh, they can turn a phrase a certain way, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the goal is to speak the truth, and you know, I don't know if you've read uh, Tim Keller's book on preaching. Um, it is a fantastic book. Um, you know what it's called? He gives uh, preaching in a postmodern culture, I believe is what it is, our postmodern world. Okay. Um, it's a it's a fantastic book, though. And in it, he gives this uh, scenario. So there's uh, three different types of preaching. There is bad preaching. There is good preaching. And then there's great preaching. He said the difference between bad and good is mostly on uh, the one uh, talking. Bad preaching is when you're not prepared, you not really studied, you've not really been in the word, you've not really thought through your points, you're just kind of up there and you're just kind of winging it. It's like good preaching is when you spend time in prayer, uh, you're prepared. You've done all the stuff physically possible. And he says, no one can ever preach a great sermon, though. He says, what makes the difference between good and great preaching is when the Spirit of God moves hmm. upon the hearts of the people listening. Wow. He said, your job as the pastor is to do a good sermon, and you pray that God takes a good sermon and makes it a great sermon. And wow. I feel like while that is true, there seems to be an overemphasis on the style of how that is done as opposed to am I, so for instance, instead of studying out a topic and uh, presenting it uh, correctly and and making sure that you make much of Jesus and, and, and all of that and praying though emphasis is more, do I enjoy listening to the person? Yeah. And so as a pastor, you have to make sure that what you are saying, what you are doing in preparing, you're trying to prepare a good sermon. And if you have the gift of being able to like, just relate to people, I mean, go for it. But I don't think that should be elevated above presenting the truth. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm kind of rambling some, but no, no, you're, no, you're good. No, you're good. I think, um, once again, there's a lot of different ways we could go with that. I think in regards to there's some places I want to go with it, but I don't know if we should for the sake of the point we're trying to make, um, <laughs> yeah. um, which is, 
I'll say this because I I'm very passionate, and so for me personally, when someone's so when someone's teaching something or preaching something that's really amazing and exciting, it does drive me crazy when they're not preaching it as if it's exciting. It's like, right. do you not hear what you're saying? <laughs> it's like, how could you not be excited about this? So I can understand that frustration. But what I want right. to, but I, what I want to point out is, and I think this goes hand in hand with you saying of you, the truth is more important than 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 the entertainment aspect. The truth's more important than right. than necessarily the method of delivery. Right. And so, to someone, if you're if you're part of a church and your your pastors are preaching the truth. Be thankful to God for that. Right. Exactly. Please don't be like, oh man, I wish they were more entertaining like so-and-so on YouTube. It's right. like, no, don't you get it? You have someone who actually, you have a group of leaders in your church that actually read the Bible and teach it. Right. Some people don't have that. Right. Like that's a huge blessing. And so that's the other spectrum of, well, they're preaching bad doctrine, so I go online, right? And we already talked about that. But this is, they're preaching good doctrine, but it's not as entertaining as so-and-so. Hey, I get, I actually get it. I can sympathize with that. I really can. But but let me tell you, in, in my short life and limited experience, let me just tell you this. I would take the most boring, dry speakers ever if I knew they were going to do their best to preach the truth of the scripture versus the best speaker I've ever heard, but they're going to too many times lean on that more than this truth. Right. And so, yeah, I I was going to say what really is a danger for those pastors who have that gift and ability is to rely upon yourself more than God. Because the one who doesn't have that gift, I guarantee you they know that they're not the most entertaining person. Absolutely. Um, but they are going to pray to God. Be like, God, you got to take these words and you've got to lay it upon the people's hearts. And you think of great revivalistic preachers back in the day, God used someone like a George Whitfield who was loud and boisterous and like, you could hear his voice for miles. And he also used somebody like Jonathan Edwards. Very monotone. <laughs> didn't really didn't really raise his voice. Yep. Read manuscript his sermons. <laughs> I just read them. And yet God brought such conviction on the people around. Yeah. That is just that's just a side. And I don't even know if I would say benefit, but that's just the cherry on top to me. Yeah. What matters is, are you preaching the truth? And I think what online has done, it has opened our eyes to a larger world. And while that is good, it has also created an appetite for entertainment. Yeah. If we don't, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, if you don't really like the way someone is talking, you can find somebody else that you really enjoy. Right. And that was not possible 30 years ago. You were, quote, stuck with the guy that was there, and you didn't know any different. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you you would have been happy 
with yeah. that. But now, not so much. We have yeah. we have definitely idolized and raised style over truth. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say this is uh, it cracks me up. My first experience of ever being around a different pastor other than my own pastor growing up, I was under the perception that all pastors were the same. Right. Because I grew up in a small town and a small church, and that was my only church experience. So when I met another pastor for the first time, I was like, you're different. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't know pastors talk like that or act, you know, whatever, preach that way. Like I don't. I don't understand what's going on. Um, so I know that for some people, that's you know, multiplied times ten thousand online. Um, <laughs> in regards to that, but man, no. Th- thanks for this conversation, Dustin. I really appreciate it. And it's just there's a lot for us to kind of navigate through in this. Uh, this world of technology and the positives, the negatives, the dangers, those that we're still working through. Um, and it's, it's still a journey on that. Um, but it's also an awesome opportunity as well. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the pastors that I've gotten to um, quote unquote meet online. <laughs> um, nice. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but what could you just, is there anything you want to say to sum up? I know we we talked about a lot, um, but is there anything else you want to add or sum up to the conversation? Um, I, I think the only thing that I would really say, um, to just kind of sum up is first of all, choose wisely. Hmm. And I think you, you alluded to this earlier. We, there's this quote, I don't even know who said it, but I've heard it for most of my life now, that I can tell you who, you, who you're going to be by who you hang around uh, mm-hmm. and who you read after. And now we'll probably have to add who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, you, whether you realize it or not, you will be influenced by those that you allow to fill your head. And that could be a really awesome thing because I can think of quite a few pastors online that, man, if you're listening to them, you're going to be filled with a lot of good. But the, the same could be said for the other side. Yeah. If you're listening to somebody who's just going to tell you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous, dangerous road. Yeah. So I would say, do your research, uh, know for yourself what you believe and why you believe it. And then make sure that you, you take a stand for who you're going to listen to. Don't just, well, he occasionally says this. So I really like him and all this other thing. So I'll still listen. You gotta be careful. You gotta choose wisely who you're going to be influenced by. Yeah. Because if you keep on the path, you're going to look somewhat like that person. And that could be a really good thing. It could be a really bad thing. Um, And then I would just, I would just encourage people view anything online as a supplement and not the main course. I don't know about you, Caleb, but uh, I haven't really chowed down on vitamins for a meal lately. Have you? (laughs) No, <laughs> just gonna gonna pour a pile of vitamins on a plate and call it good. 
Right. I, I don't think I've ever done that before. And there's a reason for that. Vitamins do not really fill you up. Right. And I think so many people have been coming to the spiritual table and filling their plate up with vitamins because all they're getting is this online content or living through what their pastor has said. And I'm encouraging people not to let that be your main course. Let your main course be your personal walk with Christ. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't let other people tell you how good he is. You experience it for yourself. And if you have a little room left over after you've eaten, go ahead. Throw in a couple of online pastors. Listen to a couple of sermons, whatever. But don't let that ever be your main course. Mm. So that's kind of what I would say. Choose wisely and let whatever you listen to be a supplement rather than a meal. Yeah, I, I think I'd say that in one in one statement or one phrase. Nothing can replace the real thing. Yeah. Agreed. Man. Great conversation. Great way to sum it up, Dustin. Thanks. Thanks again for being on here. Hey, Ken, um, oh, I almost forgot. Um, 30 second plug. Tell me about your blog really quick. Yeah. So uh, I just recently started a blog. Um, you can find it at illuminatepdx.org. Um, I've just started recently. So kind of covering just topics at random. I've got how things are going here in Oregon, um, covering different theological topics. Um, eventually want to get some church, uh, planting stuff on there. So yeah, you can uh, check it out. Uh, luminatepdx.org and, uh, make sure if you, you get on there, you go to the subscribe and, um, and we throw out content every two weeks. So awesome. Awesome. Sounds great. I'll put the links in the description. So, uh, and I'll probably write it out here on the screen too. So you can see that. So you can either type that in or click the links in the description below. So please, uh, check that out, that out. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, like share, hit the notification bell. Otherwise they won't tell you that you got anything because that makes complete sense. Why would you subscribe to something and not want to get notified? I don't know. Ask the people who are apparently smarter than the rest of us, but please hit all those buttons, a gazillion of them, uh, and, uh, tell your friends and family, share this. And don't forget, we'll be back on Monday with the regular show every Monday morning.